The Michael Duke Show. I have two guns, one for each of you. Firearms Friday. As Thomas Jefferson stated, it is the right and duty of the people to be at all times armed. To be at all times armed. Say hello to my new friend! I say that the Second Amendment is, in order of importance, the First Amendment. The right to keep and bear arms is the one right that allows rights to exist at all. The right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Not be infringed. Firearms. From my cold, dead hands. Friday. Here's my rifle, this is my gun, this is for Firearms Friday. Firearms of Friday. Your chance to sound off on issues of a 2A nature right here. On the Michael Duke Show, broadcasting live this morning from the beautiful Fairbanks. Fairbanks. That's right. It was a uh, beautiful day yesterday. Holy cow! Uh, what a uh, what a beautiful drive uh, from Fair, uh, from uh, the valley yesterday. Uh, absolutely gorgeous, and uh, here we are. Here we are in beautiful downtown Fairbanks, uh, doing our thing. Uh, about twenty. Well, I mean, it's just like Wasilla weather. It was 40-something degrees yesterday uh, in the afternoon, and uh, this morning it was about 22, 23 degrees, which is about what it was at the house in Wasilla. So I'm sure I brought the weather with me. You're welcome. You're, you are welcome. I'm only here to help. I'm only. I'm only here to make it better and make it uh, and make it more beautiful. All right. Well, welcome to the program, and thanks for coming in and joining us. It is Friday. Uh, stand by for news. Um, <clears throat> no, it's uh, it's Friday, and that means it's Firearms Friday. Your chance to sound off on issues of a two-way nature right here on the program where we talk about guns and gun rights and, um, well, a little bit of everything. A little bit of everything related to firearms because we can. That's that's because we can. Uh, and it's my name on the show, so we get to decide what to do. We save up all the good news uh, for firearms and discussions and stuff uh, around the state, and we save all that up for just this one day a week where we get a chance to talk about it. Why? Well, because quite honestly, I believe that the right to keep and bear arms is a right that protects us um, and it is, you know, kind of uniquely, it's uniquely American. It's it's unique to our country. We're the, the only country that has enshrined in our foundational documents the ability um, and the, you know, the protections of our unique individual inalienable rights, including the right to keep and bear arms so that we can be protected. Because I think the founders understood that, you know, a disarmed populace is uh, is not a po- is is not a protected populace, is not a free people. And so kind of excited to see what uh, kind of excited to see what happens here, uh, you know, and what continues to happen in the United States, even with all the warts and blisters and everything else that we've talked about and problems that, you know, we go in talk radio that we go over day in and day out and everything else. Um, you know, we 
we're still f- the freest nation on the in the on the planet. I mean, really. I mean, I know there's freedom indexes out there that are like, well, the American United States is like 14th in freedom. Well, I mean, yes, in some areas that's true. There are other countries that are freer in certain aspects, but the one thing that keeps us free and holds the government in check is the fact that we as a citizenry can protect ourselves and are armed. And I know that that sounds like probably crazy and wackadoo to some of you. Or like, whoa, what are you going to do? You're going to go to war with the government? No, it's an implicit threat. It's implied. That's what it's all about. I mean, that's what the founders and framers intended. They intended that, you know, that, that, uh, that an armed populace would keep the power-hungry government lackeys at bay. That's not what they called them, but they understood the nature of government. They understood that the nature of government is to grow. And uh, they're, you know, they, they, were, they were some pretty smart fellas. That's what I'm just saying. They're pretty smart fellas. Uh, and so they understood that. And so they understood that the only real check against that, the, 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 the only bulwark of freedom against that kind of stuff, was a populace that was armed and could not be pushed into things that they didn't want to do. Um, because, I mean, let's face it, uh, one of the most American of uh, ideals is uh, civil disobedience. That's uh, that's one of uh, it's kind of one of the most American of pastimes. Is if we don't like a law, well, then we just we just don't. Nope, nope. Uh, that that happens. Um, I wanted, in fact, today um, one of the things we may get to is a discussion on civil disobedience. Um, uh, we may, I don't know, we may not have time to get into it today because uh, I got a lot of other stuff to go over as well. Uh, good news is, um, uh, the good news is uh, we've got uh, phone lines too. We got phones today. We're going to do open line, open forum, open line, open forum. I want to hear from you um, about any topic that's related to the Second Amendment uh, and uh, and then some. So. Phone lines are up, ready to go, ready to ready to ready to play. You want to uh, you want to discuss stuff. You want to talk about any of the stories that I'm going to get into. We would be more than happy to talk about uh, that with you. Number to call is 907-433-3150. They're up and working. Fingers crossed. Up and working. I'm remote. Every time I broadcast remote, it's always. A crapshoot sometimes, like you know, something forgets some kind of setting, and it. But it apparently, I I tested it. It seems to work. So feel free to give us a ring uh, if you would like to participate. Uh, also, want to say thank you to our friends at Satellite West. You can find them at satellitewest.com. Uh, they uh, are proud sponsors of the show, and they've got dealers across the state to help you stay connected. Regardless of where you are, from uh, Delta to Diomede or uh, Metlakatla to Manchumana, uh, uh, Minto to Mirror Lake, wherever you want to go, they've got the connectivity to keep you to keep you going. Uh, if you're down in uh, the Homer area, you can stop by Raider Alaska out on the spit, and they are happy to participate with you out there. Stories, stories, what have I got? Well, uh, well, I got one line on hold. I just saw the little pop-up there. One line's on hold. We're going to get to you here in a second. Caller, let me give the, before, I will I will let you interrupt me before I get into my diatribe of everything that's going on. 
Um, so we're going to talk a little bit today. Uh, one of the big stories is going to be about definitions, uh, the definitions of things from the ATF and uh, uh, etc. Et uh, and their fickleness. I guess we say fickleness. We'll talk about the new assault weapons bans that are going on in both Colorado and Washington. There's a tale that is, it's the tale of of two different stories. We'll talk about Hollywood hypocrisy um, and uh, and more. We're also going to, uh, I don't know if you've been following this thing with uh, Governor Murphy in New Jersey. This is a guy that just hates guns. I mean, he not only does he hate guns, he hates gun owners, and he just wants to continue to... Uh, you know, he keeps throwing the, he keeps trying to, to, to bite. He really hates the Bruin decision, really hates the Bruin decision. Well, he got, he got owned a little bit, uh, by, um, on Twitter the other day. And it's kind of a funny story. So I definitely want to share that with you. Uh, also a new court decision saying that large capacity magazines are not protected by this. You do not have the right to have more than three rounds. That's essentially what the court decision said. You don't, because the average gun battle, in America, between lawful, you know, with lawful citizens defending themselves, takes 2.2 uh, rounds uh, per incident. You do not have a lawful right to anything over the third. Th- I mean, this is literally what they're saying. Oh, and by the way, Alec Baldwin. Yeah, Alec, Alec, Alec Baldwin looks like n- no more charges for Alec Baldwin. I don't know all the details yet. I'm hoping that Willie's going to have more on that, but... Uh, Looking like he may have dodged a partial bullet on this. I I don't. I mean, not. To, I was not trying to be funny. Sorry. Probably a bad analogy. But uh, anyway, um, so those are the stories that we uh, have got going on this morning that we're going to be chatting about and and putting all together. And the caller hung up. By the time I got done, to, I was just going to go over to them, and now they're gone. I don't. I just told you to hold on, man. What the heck? I wanted to talk to you, and now I can't because you're gone. Oh, so many stories, so little time. So I guess, what should I talk about first? I guess I want to talk about this uh, um, this thing in New Jersey. Because, you know, if you've been watching Phil Murphy, this guy, oh, this guy, he barely won uh, re-election in New Jersey. And there was some late night kind of all of a sudden his vote count went up overnight kind of thing. Weird, weird. I mean, there were some questions. People were like, well, that was weird. I didn't see, you know. Um, but this is a guy that just loves giving the middle finger to freedom. You know what I mean? He just, he looks at this and he just, he he's so upset about the, um, uh, about the Bruin decision. I mean, he has lashed out on social media and in press conferences um, and, and, and I mean, he gave the big finger to all of the folks in New Jersey after the Bruin decision by, uh, uh, putting on and putting out and signing into law, the so-called carry killer law, which basically tried to abrogate everything that the Bruin decision had done. Uh, I mean, it was in some ways it was worse than the New York, uh, law, uh, where, you know, all these, all these spaces and things where you couldn't be. And uh, I mean, he just loves, loves to disarm individuals. Um, and, uh, so he goes on and on and on about all this stuff. You know, he's like the right wing majority made his decision. It's tragic and misguided, but we must live with it. That's how it works in our constitutional system, but it won't stop us from doing everything in our power to protect our communities and residents consistent with this opinion. 
which basically means he's going to find any way to get the government to usurp the rights of New Jersey citizens when it comes to keeping and bearing arms. He signed a decreased magazine capacity law to 10 rounds. He limited where the permit to carry holder could carry a firearm. He increased the fees on that kind of stuff upwards of more than tenfold, 10 times in some cases. Uh, and he's been pumping government money into an anti-gun think tank over at Rutgers. Um, I mean, it's just a slice of what Murphy has been doing there in uh, New Jersey. I mean, it's just like, it's just like this guy. Oh, this guy. So the other day, uh, it was the 80th anniversary of the Warsaw Ghetto Uprising. And for those of you who don't know what happened in the uh, Warsaw Ghetto, uh, that was during the Nazi occupation of Poland. And there was a bunch, uh, and they basically had put all the Jews in Warsaw into uh, one area and locked them all down. And they were basically just killing them slowly. Um, uh, And a bunch of uh, brave Jewish resistance fighters uh, got back up. They had a handful of guns. Uh, they had some homemade explosives. They had some homemade guns. They had one or two, you know, automatic thing. What they did basically was it was kind of like the whole Liberator pistol deal when we dropped all those Liberator. Is that they all had a gun and they used these crappy one-shot guns to kill German soldiers and steal their guns, and then seven hundred soldiers uh, went ahead and fought uh, and killed and forced the Germans out of the uh, war- out of the ghetto. Uh, I mean, it was a, it was, this is like hand to hand combat, uh, desperate, desperate fighting. And it was just, it just proved the bravery of the Jewish, uh, uh, the Jewish, uh, settlers there or, uh, prisoners, I guess I should say in the ghetto and what they had to do. So Murphy gets up there and, and puts out this big thing, which is so obviously just pandering to, uh, to the, you know, the, oh, today we mark the 80th anniversary of the Warsaw Ghetto and the courageous Jewish resistance fought back against their Nazi occupiers in a final act refused deportation and we will always stand up to evil and everything else. Well, so then a very well-known um, uh, uh, armed uh, 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 Second Amendment commentator named uh, Yehud Remer, who is known as the Pew Pew Jew, uh, posted a picture of himself in it, he's and he's a full Orthodox Jew, like bearded yarmulke, the whole deal. He's standing next to a tree with his AR uh, on his uh, on his uh, side, holding it, you know, kind of holding it upwards. And he says, "Yet you restrict your state with their Second Amendment rights. Stop pandering. You don't really care. You truly are pathetic." The best part is that the Pew Pew Jew is wearing a T-shirt that says, "People with ARs don't get into cattle cars." And uh, and I thought that was like a mic drop moment. On uh, you know, if you want to talk about the Twitter wars, that's pretty much a mic drop moment. You just don't you just don't go anywhere. Uh, when reached out for comment, uh, Remmer, the Pew Pew Jew, said yesterday, Governor Phil Murphy of New Jersey tweeted a message of remembrance that marked the 80th anniversary of the Warsaw Ghetto Uprising. His message, although seemingly sincere, was nothing more than pandering to the Jews of the world. This is a governor who's enacted strict gun control in a state, severely restricted the citizens of New Jersey of their God-given right to self-defense. Such a control freak should keep his mouth shut about the courageous resistance uh, who fought back against their Nazi occupiers. His tone-deaf tweet praising armed resistance against tyranny and then enacting more gun control so tyranny can prevail shows his hypocritical and true political leanings. The people of New Jersey, Jews and non-Jews alike, should do everything in their power to fight back against Governor Murphy's tyranny.
Oh, man. That, that right there, that's some savagery. I, that's the kind of savagery I like. Yep. All right, we got to go. The Michael Duke Show continues. It is your home for common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. We're back with more right after this. Broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these entities to provide streaming stuff going on on the the, the internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay, sorry, it always takes me an extra minute or so to get uh, my poop and just realized my phone didn't charge last night. It was on the charger. <laughs> Let's hope we make it through the rest of the show with a 7% charge, huh? Um, all right. <laughs> so much, so many things, so little time. Uh, all right, let me go over here to the chat room here to see what you guys have said. Uh, okay. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Um, Anthony said, I sent you an email on the church security and intruder seminar in Palmer coming up in July. Donna, feel free to call in if you want to talk about that. Did you get a haircut? I got a haircut about three weeks ago. You're just looking at my head from a different angle. You're used to looking at my head from this side and now you're looking at it from I mean, I only got so much hair left. I, I'm afraid to cut it these days. Only got so much hair left. It's getting a little, getting a little thin up here. I guess I thought I was going to get one grandfather's head of hair, and instead I got the other grandfather's head of hair. Although better than my brother. My poor brother, he was bald by the time he was 20. That kid. Oof. Man. That's, that's not good. All right. Um, oh, let's see. Um, um, there was a resume. The best thing to do is give Alec Baldwin career a dose of what Bud Light got. Uh, yeah, I saw that story that just made the Fox News story this morning. Um, Never should have had live rounds near the set, says Robert. I agree with that. That's the whole thing. And uh, details are not, I mean, they haven't flushed out all the details yet, but we're going to get to it. I know Willie texted me this morning and said he's got part of that stuff there. Um, Yeah, it's it's interesting. Grandma duty at 6 a.m. is painful, says Terry. But rewarding, right? But rewarding, painful but rewarding. Isn't that what you're trying to say here? Painful but rewarding. Um, I gotta use a. I'm using a touchpad instead of a mouse, and it's really bugging me. Um, that's what happens when you have kids. Yep, it's good. I I wish I wish I had my grandchild here. It's been two years almost three years since I've seen her in person. We get a chance to chat on face. Well, you know, we do the Facebook chat 
like, you know, every couple days. But I do miss her smiling little face. And now her little gap-toothed, her little gap-toothed grin. It is, uh, it is fun. Oh, it's always so huckledy buck in the morning when I'm trying to get everything uh, squared away and make sure everything works. And then thank thank you to all the people who were saying something in the chat when the video first started about hearing all the other sounds. Again, a setting had switched inside my computer and it was trying to feed you guys audio from my webcam instead of from the mixing board like it was supposed to. So thank you for saying something on that. I was like, what? What are you talking? Oh, my goodness. I was able to able to get you. Yeah, the touchpad versus mice. I don't know why they only put two freaking USB ports on a laptop. Why? Well, I need at least three. I mean, I I need at least three. But two is all you got. And I forgot to bring my little USB hub. Oh, man. Okay. So... Less than a minute out right now. Getting ready to getting ready to do it. You guys, uh, you guys, all ready to uh, face the weekend? Man, I am so ready for the weekend. So ready. Oh man, my phone is like all gotten dim and stuff. Trying to save the battery life. Okay, all right, I got it. I got it. I got it. Okay, well, we're gonna jump into it here. Oh shoot, I forgot about that. I gotta delete that. Okay. Here we go. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, uh, free-thinking radio. Like a chair, like a chair. Here we go. Welcome back to the uh, welcome back to the program. It is the Michael Duke Show, and it is it is Firearms Friday. Uh, phone lines are open right now. We're ready to uh, take your calls if you want to uh, sound off this morning and uh, be. Uh, be part of it here. Come on down. Da- come on. Come on down. Share with us on this beautiful, beautiful Firearms Friday. We'd love to. Uh, we'd love to hear from you uh, on any of the topics that we're about to crack in on. Let me turn this up over here. There we go. I had to turn it down on one end, and then I forgot to turn it down on the. Uh, turn it up back up on the other end. All right, we're good. We're good. Okay, so. What is the, um, what's the next thing we're going to talk about? Well, I do want to get into this thing on the ATF, but we should talk a little bit about Hollywood hypocrisy. Uh, we were just, you know, of course we got the Alec Baldwin thing, which I think we're going to get some more details from, from Willie here, uh, later on. Uh, I know the charges have been dropped, um, for him and I think for one other person, uh, but I th- from what I saw early this morning, it looks like uh, that the armorer is still under indictment. Although apparently there was um, 
there was some questions about whether or not she was actually allowed to do her full job. There's going to be a lot of stuff that's going to come out of that. But we'll we'll uh, hopefully Willie's got a few more details on that and we'll get to it. But let's go over to one of my favorite directors. Uh, I mean, again, this is, again, just proves more of the kind of Hollywood um, kind of the Hollywood hypocrite. We I mean, we know that. Right. We know we get Liam Neeson, who kills 87 people in um in his uh, in his movie, uh, the what was that? Uh, the hostage one, where his daughter's the. I'm gonna. I have a unique set of skills. A uh, taken. Is that it? Was that right? Anyway, so here's a guy who's making all his money do, doing gun violence and all this kind of stuff, and then he looks us right in the eye and says, "You Americans and your guns and blah blah blah. Shut your pie hole. Shut your filthy mouth. You're out there making all these movies." Uh, utilizing, I mean, how many of the Taken movies did he make? Two, three, and then he made another one that was kind of of a similar vein most recently. I could just quit. You know, not usually I don't let that stuff bug me if I enjoy the actor. Um, you know, I don't, I usually don't. But with him, it was just like, okay, at that point, he was so verbal and vocal about it. I was just like, you know, you are just, you're just filth. Just shut your, shut your mouth, you entitled so-and-so. That's the only word I could use on the radio. Um, but so then uh, there was a story that came out here. Um, uh, Bearing Arms had it talking about Quentin Tarantino. Now, I love me some Tarantino. Uh, Inglorious Bastards, Pulp Fiction, The Usual Suspects, The Hateful Eight. I mean, the guy knows how to make a movie, right? Um, I mean, he the Reservoir Dogs. Oh, man. I mean, there's some... Reservoir Dogs. You want to talk about gun violence? I mean, this is it. It is he is an amazing director. He's got a vision. He does great. But here's a guy who, again, the majority of his movies involve some kind of some kind of usage of guns and and everything else. But and you know, he makes a few comments in the past about this kind of stuff. And, you know, so we knew that he was a little bit hypocritical. Well, he uh, apparently a little bit more hypocritical than we thought. In a recent interview with Spanish magazine El Pais, uh, Hollywood director Quentin Tarantino claimed that there needs to be more gun control in the U.S., but admitted that he keeps a gun for personal protection. The Pulp Fiction director mentioned that the United States needs more gun laws, claiming it has too many, quote unquote, automatic weapons. To the first one, I go, Herder. what? The what? The outlet broached the controversial gun question and said, what's your position on the debate about gun ownership in the U.S.? The Django Unchained filmmaker, boy, no gun violence in that movie, tried to take a nuanced approach but ended up advocating for more gun. I mean, I guess at least maybe he's a little embarrassed about it. He tried to take this nuanced approach. He said, there's always two sides. We certainly don't need as many automatic weapons as there are. There should be better laws. Despite his politics, Tarantino admitted, I do have a gun at home. The interviewer asked, a gun? Shocked. And he said, yes, for protection. So, again, there, there's two things that are going on here. Now, either Tarantino doesn't really understand, because, again, automatic weapons, which he, I mean, he literally said automatic weapons, 
are the most heavily regulated firearm in the country and in the world. I mean, it, I mean, it it's just it's not, you just don't go down to the Seven Eleven, the Piggly Wiggly, and pick yourself up a, a an AK full auto AK forty seven or something and do. I mean, it's just that's just not what it is. Um, so uh, no one is, uh, you know, no one is is lawfully obtaining any of those things at all. Um, and so he's either woefully misinformed or he could be just misspeaking he could be saying automatic weapons when what he really means is semi-automatic weapons now i gotta say this for the guy at least he's not outsourcing all of his uh you know he doesn't have a bodyguard he's you know he's protecting himself at home like the person should be able to be the problem is is that if he's talking about things like automatic weapons and he really means semi-automatic weapons he's actually talking about disarming himself because the vast majority of firearms today including handguns the vast majority um uh, like a two-to-one margin are semi-automatics rifles shotguns pistols they're all semi-automatics so if that's what he really meant then you know or maybe, I guess maybe the more cynical side of me says, you know, maybe it's not ignorance. Maybe he's wants to regulate the most common firearms, uh, you know, for us peasants and plebes and, and common folks. And he just wants to make sure that he has a gun to protect himself, which kind of the elites kind of uh, run in that direction anyway. It seems like that seems to be their standard modus operandi in a lot of ways. So I don't know. You know, here's the thing. Here's what I here's what I would wish. I wish that that uh, especially. Well, I mean, I guess I'm not a big sports guy, so I guess I could say athletes and uh, musicians and actors. But these people who are very good at what they do in their chosen field, but uh, have nothing to do with policy or political stuff. I wish they'd just shut up. I mean, feel free to say what you want to say. I'm not, I'm not trying to squash their Second Amendment rights, or their uh, First Amendment rights, rather. But, you know, it was like, uh, I think it was Jimmy Stewart who late on in his career was asked something of a politically pointed question. And basically he said, I'm an actor and I'm here. You don't, I'm not, you don't care about what I think about those things. And I don't care to share them with you, basically. That I'm here to be an actor. You want to talk about acting? You want to talk about characters? You want to? I'm here to act. I am not. You know, he basically said he had his own beliefs, and and it wasn't really anybody's business. But because of the nature of social media and the uh, you know instantaneous news and the 148 character tweet and everything else, everybody feels like they've got an opinion and they've got to share it. And just because somebody is good at what they do in another realm, i.e. acting or singing, or they can throw a piece of pig skin around or whatever, all of a sudden somebody says, well, that must be a much more valuable opinion than somebody else's. I mean, in, in some cases, somebody else who maybe has steeped themselves in the history and the backstory and the background of the subject matter. No, no, somebody just has an off-the-cuff comment about this kind of, like Tarantino. I mean, if did, was it really automatic weapons you were talking about, or was it semi-automatic? I mean, who knows? He doesn't even know. I, I just wish that some of these people would shut up, because it makes it really difficult to... Um, it makes it really difficult to go back and to and to like these people when they are so blatantly, um, you know, political about this kind of stuff. I I appreciate actors who just act 
and don't get into the middle of the public eye on this kind of stuff. Although I will admit that when Kurt Russell, <laughs> Kurt Russell of the Hateful Eight, when he was doing the when he was doing the media stuff for the Hateful Eight, Kurt Russell, you remember the computer who wears tennis shoes? That kid, I saw that screen the other day. It was up on Disney Plus or something, and it was, I mean, Kurt, remember Kurt Russell was like the, he was the like the young kid who became the heartthrob in all the Disney movies. I love me some Kurt Russell. I really do. Well, he, during the, uh, speaking of Hateful Eight, one of the Tarantino films, he was in that, and when he was doing the press junket for it and the, you know, the, all the, the spin-up to it, he got on The View, and I don't know if you've ever watched that exchange between him and, and Whoopi Goldberg and Joey Behar, um, but it was good. It was good, and he is such a forceful personality that he um, that they they really couldn't respond. Really, they couldn't really respond to him. He had some comments on on guns and everything else, and he's a supporter of the Second Amendment. And uh, it's he, I felt like he almost had to defend himself at that point. Um, but there, so there are some good people, but I mean, you know what, if he had never said anything anyway about it, I'd still go watch Kurt Russell movies. I mean, who else could be Snake Plissken, right? I mean, seriously, who else could be Snake Plissken, uh, or the computer who wore tennis shoes or (laughs) Santa Claus. I mean, fill in the blank. This guy, I gotta love that. Um, all right, where are we at? Well, I guess we're I guess we're almost up to the break, so we'll take the break. Phone lines are open if you'd like to sound off at 907-433-3150-907-433-3150. We will uh continue our discussions. I've got more uh after the top of the hour we're going to pick it up on ATF and definitions and some of the things they're doing there. Um, we've got some information from Open Source Defense over on their Substack here. They're talking about the latest reclassification by the ATF that's really not making much of the news. Um, but we'll talk about that as well. We got more. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. We'll be back right after this. the show you can listen to it on your time with dukes on demand oh and it's free like america used to be streaming live every weekday morning on facebook live and michaeldukesshow.com okay we are not gonna make it three percent we are not gonna make it Sorry, to, I'm sorry to say. Let me see if I got a. Let me talk amongst yourselves for a second. I'm going to see if I've got a cord in my bag. I'll be right back. Okay, <laughs> I caught it. It was at one percent. One percent. All right. I had to run all the way out to the car to get it. Okay. Let's go over here. Pie hole. <laughs> well, you like that? You like that pie hole? Shut your filthy cake eating mouth. Okay. Uh, 
Liam Neeson is another idiot like Alec Baldwin. Yeah, Reservoir Dogs. Ooh, man. Reservoir Dogs is a uh, is a great movie. Well, I mean, some of you will think so, but because it's it's ultraviolet. But it's a great story. The usual suspects, et cetera, et cetera. He just has one of those protection guns. I know I miss my I miss my new liners with the I just think we should just, you know, not buy the murder guns and just get the protection guns. Exactly. Uh, we just need more firearms training. That's what Greg says. We just need more firearms training. I'm not disagreeing. I think that part of the problem is, is that when we stop doing firearms training in the schools, and at the same time, the violence and stuff increased in movies and in video games, I'm not saying it's the cause of it. I'm saying that there's no connectivity in the kids' brains between the actual lethality and everything else. I think that's a big part of it as well. Um... Damn you, Facebook. Damn you, Facebook. No notifications today. Um. <laughs> wow. Joyless Behar and that beanbag chair with dreadlocks were gnashing their teeth. It was. It was a, I mean, he, he had them, he had them over a barrel. It was a, it was a really, really good discussion. Okay. 15 seconds. You guys ready? Let's go. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Like and share, like and share, like and follow. Let's do it. I know, extra long intro. That's just, had to do it. Had to do it. Welcome back to the program. It is the Michael Duke Show. And it is Fire Arms Friday. Ooh, TGIFF, my friends. Thanks for coming on board. So, what we got here? Well, we got... um, we got some more headlines. We got some more discussions, uh, and we could possibly have some phone calls from you if you want to uh, sound off. Phone lines are open this morning for what I like to call gun Q and A. That's uh, questions and answers. There's no such thing as a dumb gun question, by the way. It doesn't matter if we've answered it a hundred times before or not. We would love to hear from you. Feel free to uh, give us a ring. Uh, again, at 907-433-3150. However, we can uh, help you. Or if you want to just comment on some of the things, uh, the, the chats in the comments in the chat on the, uh, on the, uh, um, uh, uh, on the Hollywood, Hollywood hypocrisy is pretty, uh, uh, is pretty great. Um, apparently, 
Alec Baldwin has just one of them protect, or uh, uh, Quentin Tarantino has just one of them protection guns. You know, the protection guns. I want to just buy a protection gun, not a murder gun. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's kind of it's kind of backwards on this kind of stuff, um, but it's uh, it's interesting nonetheless. Okay. Uh, let's get over to more stories, uh, in case you want to call in after the top of the hour, I'm going to talk a little bit here about these, uh, definitions and the eight, the ATF constantly changing their tune, not being able to define certain things or being able to define certain things. That's all going to be coming up, uh, after the uh, top of the hour, but let's talk about some of the happenings around the country when it comes to, um, uh, judicial overwatch and uh and laws and what people are doing about it so first and foremost the mental gymnastics that you have to do to jump through the hoops on this one to make it to make it actually make sense it just made my brain hurt yesterday uh when i was reading this story a u.s district judge in washington dc has declined to grant an injunction against the city's ban on lcms large capacity magazines to which many of us just call standard magazines i mean i don't know you know high capacity large capacity these are the magazines that these rifles ship out with almost everywhere in the country with an exception of just a handful a handful of places so all of a sudden they they got to make it scary high capacity magazine large capacity magazine. I mean, they just got to make it scary. It's just insane. Anyway, the judge has ruled the large capacity magazines fall outside of the scope of the Second Amendment because they are a quote-unquote poor fit for self-defense purposes. Uh, Say what? They are a poor fit for self-defense purposes. Uh, the challenge to the DC uh, magazine ban known as Hansen versus DC has far has uh, four legal gun owners who are basically saying that if this law wasn't in place, they would carry and possess large capacity magazines for their firearms if they weren't banned. The uh, prohibition inside the district comes complete with a potential three-year prison sentence, though it's unclear how often those sentence, uh, that sentence is handed down in practice, especially with D.C. prosecutors routinely deciding to decline charges in many illegal gun possession cases. I, have to, I had to chuckle because there was a, a press conference one day about gun control. And a senator gets up and he's waving this high capacity, mag- this you know, this thirty round high capacity, this high capacity magazine around. Uh, by the way, which was illegal for him to possess, whether he was a senator or not. He's just waving. Yeah, he never got. He never got. You know, three years and. Uh, even though the D.C. Attorney General's office is taking a mostly hands-off approach to illegal gun and magazine possession, the ban remains on the books and was defended in court by D.C. officials who maintain that magazines aren't arms at all but accessories that aren't protected by the Second Amendment. Well, under that ruling, bullets are not arms at all. They're just accessories. I mean, right? I mean, the... the Barrels aren't arms at all. They're just accessories. I mean, if you look at it technically, the definition of what a firearm is is only the receiver. So all the other parts are actually just accessories to the receiver. I mean, if you want to break it down into that kind of risk. Anyway, 
The uh, the U.S. court judge Rudolph Contreras, an Obama appointee, if that makes any difference, rejected that argument in his opinion. But he did agree with the district on its fallback argument that large capacity magazines are mostly suitable for military purposes and are not used in self-defense because, quote, incidents where a civilian actually expends more than 10 bullets in self-defense are vanishingly rare, unquote. Because, because statistically in the past, you haven't needed more than 10 bullets, then now you don't need more than 10 bullets. That's how we do. That's how we view your rights around here. Um, he, he relies heavily, heavily, um, on Scalia's commentary about weapons that are most useful in military service fall outside the second amendment. Uh, and that's where he says, you know, a weapon, you know, that, that the magazines are mostly, are most useful in military service. The large capacity, you know, quote unquote, large capacity magazines are most useful in military service. Therefore, under Scalia's commentary about, I mean, again, the mental hoops you have to jump through to try and justify this is, is, is unbelievable. So the, uh, the plaintiffs came up and said, well, wait, if, if that's the whole thing. And he went on in light of the Bruin decision, and he decided to give some historical, you know, data and things like that. And then he talks about, you know, 2.2 shots being fired by defenders on average. So the plaintiffs protested that the district's reasoning would allow it to justify a ban on all firearms able to fire more than two or three shots based on that 2.2% average from defenders. Um, and... And he's like, oh, there's, but there's no such bans exist anywhere. And the court doubts the district will see this as an invitation to go down that paint slippery slope and, you know, blah, blah, blah. I mean, it, this whole thing is just, it is an exercise in mental moronicness. Is that a word? I just, it is a word. I just made it. Moronicness. There's nothing stopping, he says, the district from imposing a ban on magazines that can accept more than three or four or five rounds. But he doubts that they would do that. What? I mean, this is just, oh, man, uh, this whole thing, it just makes my head hurt. Now, I imagine this is going to make it all the way up to the Supreme Court at some point. Uh, I just, I just, I can't, I can't see it not happening. And you're, you've already got dueling, dueling ru rulings on this. Um, what is it, Benitez? Is that his name? Is that the judge in California who basically said, nope, large capacity magazines are fine, uh, that they are protected, and now you've got this D.C. So you got all these district courts that are going to be fighting it out, and nobody seems to know where it's going from there. But I guarantee you it's going in front of the Supreme Court eventually. Uh, all right, we've got time for one phone call before we go to break. Let's go over there right now and see what you have to say. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hey, good morning, Michael. It's uh, Fred. How you been? Hey, Fred. How are you, my friend? Good. Yeah, you know, in comment to your in comment to your statement there about the judges ruling on three rounds and this and that and the other thing. You know, they're all it's a, it, it the whole thing is speculation as far as you from the judicial standpoint right now and the political left wing socialist communist influence that they're getting hit from from you know from all all sides, especially from above, especially from above. You know that that you know they're they're arm twisting. These judges and your judicial system 
in general, you know, to sit there and, you know, enforce this and put it in play and come up with any excuse, any excuse that they can possibly, you know, you know, reinstate and enforce and push through their political agenda, which is, you know, the disarmament of America is what it boils down to from the civilian standpoint. Right. And, you know, they don't care. You know, they, they, they're unrestricted, unfettered. In a fair fight, these people couldn't have a chance of winning anything unless they lie, cheat, and steal. That's the only thing that keeps them above water right now, the fact that they lie, <laughs> cheat, and steal. And they managed to BS the rest of the country into going along with it. Right. You know, and you anybody with a, well, you know, common sense does, doesn't exist. These people will do anything. And as far as, as, far as, as, far as my opinion, what I think, and I think most people would agree with me, maybe not, but, you know, for the most part, I think some of them, at least some of them will, accessories are are protected because without the accessories, you don't have the whole. You know, the pieces of the puzzle, you take exactly. pieces of the puzzle out, you don't have a puzzle anymore. Exactly. You got like a car. You take the tires off a car. Tires are accessory. You can, can, can you use the car? No. Can you take the carburetor off the car and say, right. you know, you can, you can exist without it? No. You know. So it, it should be protected. The Second Amendment should, if it applies to firearms, it applies. It is protected. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree, Fred. I think that, uh, but I, I don't think every judge is that way. Like I said, Benitez out in uh, California has ruled against the state of California and said you can't regulate magazine capacity because that's protected under Bruin. And then you've got the D.C. Circuit saying something else, and then you got the Fifth Circuit saying something else. So this is eventually going to have to go all the way up to the Supremes. And based on what we saw in Bruin, based on what we've seen in Heller, based on what we've seen in McDonald, I think we know where that one's going. I, I think we know where that's going to end up at uh, for sure. Fred, hold the line for just a second. Folks, we're out of time. We're coming up in the top of the hour. We got more coming up. Hour two is dead ahead. What is a definition of an assault weapon? Well, the ATF's going to tell you, or not. Uh, we'll, we'll find out more about that in a minute. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty-based, Free Thinking Radio. All right, let's go back to Fred to see if uh, Fred has uh, any final thoughts here uh, this morning before we let him go. So many buttons, so many windows, all with a different mouse pad. All right, let's go back over to Fred. Um, I mean, I couldn't agree with you more, Fred. I think the accessory thing is so re- – I mean, at that point, bullets are accessories, right? Oh, you can have a magazine or – you know, exactly. but you just can't have any bullets because that – you know, no. Gasoline is an accessory for your car. <laughs> Exactly. It's exactly. I mean, that's it. I mean, your cleaning kit for your, for your firearm is an accessory. You know, do you want to, you know, it, 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 if it pertains to the operation of the device, then it is part of the device. I don't care what the device is, but especially the firearm, because this is the one that they're, you know, they're cherry picking the low hanging fruit as to what they can go after. And they can get away with, once again, lie, cheat, and steal. That's the only way they can win a, win a fair fight. Yeah, no, I uh, I hear it. Uh, it's uh, it's it's great. Uh, all right, well, Fred, thank you for calling in. Thanks for being part of the. Uh, thanks for being part of the show today. I appreciate uh, I appreciate you coming on board. Okay, you take care, Mike. All right, thank you. Nine zero seven four three three thirty one fifty. If you'd like to sound off this morning, we'd love to hear what you guys have to say. Uh, let me go back up to the chat room to see what you guys are talking about here. Um, 
Um, uh, Bonnie says she can't call in. She can only text. Uh, let me go back over here. Uh, what's the deal with bump stocks now? Okay or no? Well, the there's been a, uh, I think there's been an injunction, but I haven't heard much about the case uh, in a while. But my understanding was that there is an injunction that's uh, started, and we'll see, we'll see where that goes from here. Uh, let me go over here. Good morning. Good morning. It comes in a really, which. <laughs> Okay, Kevin, again, this is one of those context things. I can't remember what I was talking about when you said this, but I love that. It comes in a really soothing pastel color, so it doesn't hurt anyone. What What are we talking about there again? Remind me what that was, because, I mean, the comment sounds funny, but I can't remember what I was talking about at that point. Um, uh, let's see. The ATF does not make laws. They set policy, and then the courts will decide if it's legal. Do not follow any policy they put out until it has been decided in the courts. Bump stocks, bump stocks are just a fun toy and never took it off my rifle and the courts told ATM, ATF to uh, shut up. I mean, that's the thing. Uh, ATF does not make the laws, but they do promulgate the rules and regulations to enforce those laws. And that's where Congress has abrogated their responsibility. And not just amongst gun laws. I mean, we've talked about this a lot. Congress basically just passing a bare framework and then passing it off to bureaucracies. Unfortunately, the policies and the rules and the regs have the force of law. And you're right. They set policy, and then the courts will decide if it's legal. Do you want to be on the other end of that legal battle and have to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars defending yourself in that case? I mean, and that's what's happened. They've made it so that the American citizen has to defend the law against the deep pockets of the government. I'm not disagreeing with you, Gary. What I'm saying is... You're right. That's what's going on. Unfortunately, those rules and policies have the force of law. And then some Joe Schmo American has to get dinged and then go to court and then pony up, you know, hundreds of, I mean, a Supreme Court case is a million dollar case. They have to pony up all that money to then fight up against it. That's the problem. I mean, you're not wrong, but, it, you know, it just depends on how far you want to push that stuff. Um, for an AR platform, a 458 SOCOM upper turns all standard 30-round mags into a 10-round mag. I know. That's uh, <laughs> that's like, I'm an AK guy. I love AKs. and That's like the 9x39 uh, Vicar, uh, is a, which is a 9 instead of a 7.62x39, which is, a you know, it's a 9-millimeter by 39 cartridge. And you can only fit like 10 or 11 of them in a standard AK mag, but they, oh man, it is such a big round. It is like, uh, I mean, it is a huge round. It's like a 650 grain. Well, I mean, it's huge. It's huge. Um, you have a loud buzzing sound on KFAR in North Pole. Um, well, I don't know what to say to that. I got, I got nothing. I got nothing. That's the air signal. Sounds good in the studio here, so I don't know what's going on there. I know. Um, I'm going back over here. The This band will not pass muster. St. Benitez has already ruled on them. SCOTUS will settle the fight. Patience. Again, that's, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm in agreement with you because you've got dueling rulings from across the country. Um, I know says, still can't hear you over the loud buzz. I know it's not. I mean, Visit 
That's an actual radio signal from outside the building coming back into the building to make sure we're on the air. So it's working. You may want to move to a different spot. I don't know what's going on. Um, ATF mostly regulates tax stamp holders and FFLs. That's where they need to stay. Bureaucracies or toxic management systems. I mean, I'm, I question whether or not they're even qualified to regulate tax stamp holders and FFLs. I mean, that's a, you know, that's a, that's a problem right there. Okay. Um, I guess I don't know. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm, I don't have much time. I guess we're just going to go back to it. I'm going to go back to it here. And we're going to jump into it. Hour two is Dead Ahead, the Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Uh, like and share, like and follow. Call in if you want. Here we go. We'll be back. Hour two is right now on your home for Common Sense, liberty-based gun radio. Back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the MichaelDukesShow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. The Michael Duke Show. I have two guns, one for each of you. Firearms Friday. As Thomas Jefferson stated, it is the right and duty of the people to be at all times armed. To be at all times armed. Say hello to my little friend. I say that the Second Amendment is, in order of importance, the First Amendment. The right to keep and bear arms is the one right that allows rights to exist at all. Michael Dukeshow. The right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Not be infringed. Firearms. From my cold, dead hands. Friday. Firearms of Friday, your chance to sound off on issues of a 2A nature right here on the Michael Duke Show. Good morning and welcome to it. Hour two of the big radio broadcast broadcasting live this morning from Fairbanks. Uh, and it is, uh, man, it's been a beautiful, a be- the, the last couple of days just been gorgeous. Of course, now there's a winter weather advisory for the Brooks Range and for parts of the interior and going in and down. It's supposed to start snowing tonight, but it's going to be warm again on Monday, so don't worry about it. It'll be it'll be fine. Uh, although, man, yesterday, what a drive uh, coming up. Nothing but blue skies and sunshine all the way. Uh, it was 42 degrees or something in Fairbanks last night when I, uh, when I came back from dinner, um, and it was only 23 it was only 23, it's 23 above this morning, uh, which is about what it was in Fair or in uh, Wasilla uh, yesterday morning when I left. So 
Uh, definitely spring is starting to sprung. It, it could spring faster. I mean, I'd be happy with that, but, you know, it is what it is. I'm up here in Fairbanks because uh, they've got the big outdoor show going on over at the Carlson Center, which includes the Interior Alaska Gun Show off to the side. Uh, and so uh, if you want to come out and see me this weekend, I will be there at the outdoor show uh, in the Interior Alaska Gun Show. And so come come on, come on down, come on by. We will uh, we'll chit chat. We'll have a good time. It's gonna be it's gonna be fun stuff. I wish I had brought a bunch of people were looking for t-shirts and stuff. I've gotten some emails um, for uh, some of the different t-shirts. Just say no to government dough and and the censorship t-shirt and everything else, which I will be wearing this weekend. If you want to come, I'll model them for you. If you want to come there, uh, but we're gonna be putting those up here in the store. Which I know I've been promising. We're gonna bring the website up. It's just I got to get like five extra minutes that I can actually fix all that stuff. So I'll I'll get to it. Today's firearms Friday though. Um, and, uh, today is the day that we get a chance to talk about second amendment issues, uh, in detail. And we've got some things to talk about this morning, including, uh, the latest on ATF and their definitions and their decisions and how they basically vacillate more than a 15 year old girl trying to decide what to wear to prom. Uh, and we're going to get to that here. I promise we're going to get to that here in a second, but I did want to mention this one other little story. Uh, right before we get there, um, and that is good news for Alaskans. The Alaska House of Representatives passed House Joint Resolution 3, urging Congress to pass the Concealed Carry Reciprocity Act or a similar bill. It requests, now resolution does not have the force of law. Uh, it doesn't have the force of law, but it it is a request. Requests that Congress pass legislation allowing individuals with valid concealed carry permits from one state to lawfully carry a concealed firearm in another state to the same degree that an individual with a valid permit from that state can do. Uh, meaning like if if they have a concealed carry permit in, uh, you know, Oregon and you have an Alaskan concealed carry permit, you should be you should be good to go. It should be a nationwide thing. Citing the Second Amendment to the Constitution, which, of course, protects the rights to keep and bear arms, as well as the history of the U.S. Supreme Court in safeguarding this right, the resolution leans on the Constitution of the state of Alaska, which guarantees the individual right to keep and bear arms without denial or infringement by the state or its political subdivisions. Currently, the state of Alaska has concealed carry reciprocity with 38 other states. Uh, the resolution notes that other states that issue permits often require applicants to submit fingerprints, pass a background check, complete a handgun competency course, and demonstrate their ability and knowledge of firearms operations and responsibilities. Surprisingly enough, if you look at it statistically, by the way, concealed carry permit holders actually commit crimes at a lower rate than police officers. So once you've done all that rigmarole, we they you know we are the most law-abiding component of the citizenry i mean even more law-abiding than police officers it's it's pretty it's pretty crazy right when they say that uh george rauscher who is the bill sponsor said we believe that law-abiding citizens who are legally allowed to carry concealed firearms in their home state should be allowed to do so in other states that recognize the right to bear arms this resolution is an important step in protecting the rights of gun owners and ensuring their rights are recognized and respected across state lines so, I mean, this is going out. It'll go to uh, Biden, Kamala Harris, uh, Kevin McCarthy, Lisa, Dan, Mary Pelto, the whole thing. I mean, it's going to go. Out. Now, does it do anything? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, it's more of it's more symbolic. and to, But it does show that the 
it does show that the state supports that. It's just, what does it mean? What does it double rainbow? What does it mean? I mean, you know, it's just, it, it's, but it's something that we've needed. We do have reciprocity with 38 states. Where are the other 12? Well, those are probably states that really don't allow most of their citizenry to have concealed carry permit. They're definitely not going to allow us to have concealed carry, uh, uh, you know, it, it, as we come and visit their states. Uh, but we're working on it. Um, I remember that the originally there was a few problems with the reciprocity bill um, at the national level the last time they brought it up. And it had to do with some national control on stuff that... Uh, because they had a national concealed carry, I think because basically what they were doing, instead of allowing states to acknowledge the concealed carry permit from that state, instead it was like a national concealed carry thing where you went to the federal government and asked permission, which people were like, I'm not really interested in that. I mean, I could understand why. But congratulations and thank you to the House of Representatives here in the state of Alaska for passing uh, this bill. Uh, H.J.R. 3, House Joint Resolution 3, urging Congress to pass the Concealed Carry Reciprocity Act. And um, it's, uh, it's, it's good stuff. It's, it's good stuff. Um, now, can they force it through at a national level? I mean, that's a whole, that's a whole nother ball of wax. It's a whole nother, whole nother thing. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, but it is good news. At least we're on the forefront, pushing out out there on those kind of things uh, as well. All right, 907-433-3150, 907-433-3150. I promised to talk about this, and here it is. What is an assault weapon? Amazingly, even the head of the ATF, the director, Steve Dettelbach, he can't answer this question. I mean, first, he was asked this question last May during his confirmation hearing. He, he was asked at the time to define an assault weapon by Tom Cotton from Arkansas. And then he said, well, when I was a candidate for office, I did talk about restrictions on assault weapons. I did not define the term, and I haven't gone through the process of defining that term. And Cotton says... So you're running for public office and you call for a ban on assault weapons, but you don't have a definition of assault weapons? Dittelbach went on to explain that deciding which weapons fall under the category of assault weapons is the job of lawmakers. But wait, you were running to become a lawmaker. He recognized it would be, quote, a difficult task, unquote, to define what assault weapons are because making it too limited in scope would not offer the protections that are intended while making it too broad infringes unnecessarily on the rights of citizens. That's a political answer if I've ever heard one. So that was back in May. Right? That was back in May. Um, I mean, he was trying to become a lawmaker, but he just couldn't define it or anything else. Um, it looks like he really hasn't learned much. From May of last year, when he was, you know, when he was uh, uh, being confirmed, he's been in the job almost a year, and apparently he still hasn't decided what an assault weapon is. On Tuesday, in a House Appropriations uh, hearing, uh, Director Dettelbach was asked by Rep. Jake Elzey of Texas to give a brief 15-second definition of the term assault weapon. You know, that thing that President Biden and Democrats have demanded must be banned within the United States in order to reduce the frequency of crimes committed by individuals. Dettelbach, however, came up completely empty during his testimony, saying, 
I'll go shorter than that, the 15 seconds. I'll go shorter than that because I honestly, if Congress wishes to take that up, I think Congress was had I think Congress would have to do the work, but we would be there to provide technical assistance. What? I'll go shorter than that because I honestly, if Congress wishes to take that up, I think Congress would have to do the work, but we would be there to provide technical assistance. So the guy in charge of the ATF doesn't even have a guess when it comes to defining a firearm type that is mentioned and demonized almost on a daily basis by the politicos, the talking heads, the presidents, the, 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 you know, the Senate leadership, everything else. He went on to tell Jake Elsey, I, unlike you, am not a firearms expert to the same extent as you maybe, but we have people at the ATF who can talk about velocity of firearms, what damage kinds uh, of firearms cause, so what different determinations, uh, whatever determination you choose to make would be an informed one. I'm not an expert on... You're the head of the ATF. You are the head of the ATF. You... I'm not an expert on firearms to the same extent as you, maybe, but we have people at the ATF who can talk about velocity of firearms, what different damage different kinds of firearms cause. So we'll be the when the head of the ATF has no earthly idea how to define an assault weapon, despite the fact that his boss and all the other talking heads are talking about being banned on a weekly basis. You got places like Michigan, Colorado, Washington State, we're all trying to possess it, and you don't have an answer. Well, here's the thing. They don't want to define it. They don't want to define it. The truth is, is that assault weapon, it has no real definition other than the gun somebody wants to ban. That's what it is. That's what it is. The gun that somebody wants to ban. I just, I can't deter the reader. I mean, that's what it, but this is, I mean, this is not surprising. Coming from the ATF, like, I mean, you know, if you look up the definition of vacillating inside the dictionary, there'll be a picture of Dettelbach and a, and a logo for the ATF. These guys vacillate back and forth faster than, I mean, it's, it's just insane. You want to know the latest on this kind of stuff? Of course, all you have to do is to look at the bump stock ban or the uh, arm brace, the pistol brace ban. And let me remind you of a little story that popped up a year or two ago of another one. This is from uh, Open Source Defense uh, at their Substack. OSD is, uh, it's like Defense Distributed, the 3D printing company. It's a bunch of engineers in Silicon Valley who are all very pro-gun. And uh, they wrote this story uh, here uh, uh, about two years ago talking about uh, ATF. It says the ATF is giving out machine guns whether you want one or not. Well, how are they doing that? Well, by redefining guns as machine guns, just like they redefined a stock as a machine gun, like the bump stock, and how they redefined a gun that has a pistol brace on it as a short barrel rifle because they just decided to change the definition arbitrarily. This stuff gets worse, folks. I mean, this is the... This is the agency that is charged with regulating all guns in America. And they can't decide what they they can't decide what uh, uh, you know what something is. I mean, they'll tell you how many determination letters did they have on the bump stocks and the pistol brace? I know pistol braces, there's like 12 different determination letters out there basically saying this is legal to sell. And then one day they just arbitrarily said, well, you know, we thought about it no. 
Sorry, it's illegal now. Turn them all in or you're a felon. That's, I mean, that's, that's insane. That's insane. That's what they're doing right now. I'm going to tell you a little bit about this uh, story from Open Source Defense. Uh, when we return, we got Willie Waffle coming up as well. It is Firearms Friday on your home for common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio, The Michael Duke Show. TGIFF, my friends, back with more right after this. If you missed the show, you can listen to it on your time with Dukes On Demand. Oh, and it's free. Like America used to be. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay. (sighs) Welcome back. Welcome back. I forgot to start the timer. Uh, Over here. There we go. Uh, Okay, what did I kill? I killed something. I killed the Facebook feed. That's not possible. I, that's not possible. Let me go back over here. Try again. Oh. There we go. Okay. Woo. Woo. Man, apparently I was using too much of the interwebs at one time. Apparently that was the problem. You, sir, were using too much internet. Good morning. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. It's all it's all good this morning. Um, let me go back up here in the comments. Uh, see what's going on. Um, uh, Michael Michael King. Uh, Michael, you can. Um, I'm going to be setting up over at the Carlson Center this afternoon uh, at four o'clock. If you want to come on over there and find me. Um, history of massacre of unarmed populations as well documents in countries like Germany, China, Soviet Union, and the United States. Yeah. Again, we've talked about this. Uh, still upright. God woke me up again this morning. Good to see you, Bill. I hope you're feeling better. I hope you are feeling better. It, uh, I know you were under a little bit under the weather yesterday. Um, okay. Go back over here. Don't ever push the red button. Uh, Debbie said she was having a problem. Yeah, I don't know what happened, but it just, I mean, it just kicked me out of the broadcast, the software, the studio. Just, and that's when you see that blue back there, um, the, the, you know, the screen, the, the waves of light and energy. That means I got kicked out of the studio. <clears throat> so it is, uh, it is what it is. I don't know what happened. It just said, uh-oh, something went wrong. Would you like to reload? And I'm like, yes, I'd like to reload. Why don't you automatically reload? I mean, come on. Um, all right. Why would you sell that? Well, 
shut up, Jeannie, shut up. Um, <laughs> luckily, Bill sent me a text, so we're all we're all good. We're all good. Yeah, you're not going to believe this story from uh, Open Source Defense. If you hadn't read this before, you'd be like, what? I mean, it's it's nuts. It is nutty. Nutty, nutty, nutty. Um, autocorrect is after. Uh, I've been sucking into the Internet. Yes, I know. I know. I figured it was. I figured it was an autocorrect problem. It's fine. Good news. My phone's at 46% already. Woo! 1% to 46%. I like it. You got me a fast charger. All right. Hopefully, by the end of the show, we'll be at almost 100%. Uh, it didn't help that I was playing soft sleeping music all night, probably, while it was on the stand. <laughs> Apparently, it wasn't charging. I don't know. I was tired. wasn't paying attention. Oh, we didn't even get to the story, man. It's always more. There's always more story than there is, you know, stuff to discuss. Um, like Democrats don't seem to enforce the gun laws that they have. There's a whole bunch of statistics on this. It's fascinating, but we're just not going to get into it because like, I want to go over this whole ATF thing still. But it's always so many more discussions and everything else. Um, well, we're, we're coming back into it. We, we gotta, 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 gotta go. Gotta go. Um, it must be, there we go. Welcome back to the program. The Michael Duke Show continues. Oh, baby. One final segment before we get over to Willie Waffle. I was just lamenting the fact. Lamenting. Kind of like that word. I don't know why. Uh, Just lamenting the fact that I wasn't going to be able to get to all the stories today. Because there's a great story uh, over at Bearing Arms about uh, Democrats don't seem to have... uh, you know they, they want all these gun laws, but they don't seem to have the wills to the will to enforce the gun laws that they currently have on the books right now. Like they're not even enforcing what they got now. You you think more is going to make a difference? Uh, and it's got some statistics and some facts that'll blow your mind. But I'll have to save that for another day because I'm talking about the ATF this morning, the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives. Um, they, of course, are the ones that regulate guns, gun manufacturers, firearms owners. I mean, it's the whole thing. Yet they continue to change their mind. Like, I mean, whew, is like so fast. Uh, we've seen it in, uh, you know, we've seen it with, uh, the bu- most recently bump stocks 
uh, pistol braces, uh, you know, the 80% receiver thing with the ghost gun stuff that's going on. This is all being done by executive order, by the way. But they've also made changes in the past as well. And this is a story that I just wanted to bring up because of some of the, because you could see how the process works. And it, it's really blinding. Now, Gary in the chat room made a comment earlier that said something like, ATF doesn't make the law, it just makes the rule, and the, then the courts decide if the rule's fair, and so you should just ignore it until... Look, I mean, here's the problem. This has been the problem with Congress for a long time. Congress has abrogated their responsibility. They don't pass laws that have details in them anymore. They basically pass frameworks, and then they give it to the bureaucrats, and then the bureaucrats create the rel- the regulations, the rules, the policies that all have the force of law. They may not be laws, but they have the force of laws. And, yes, you can then take them to court and decide that it's not constitutional or it wasn't right or whatever, but you have to foot the bill for that. And that's hundreds of thousands of dollars on all these kind of things. Congress should just do its damn job. That's the bottom line. Uh, But here's the ATF making decisions and changing their mind. Here's the story from Open Source Defense out on Substack. Uh, You should follow them if you don't. They got some great, there's great, there's lots of good stuff on Substack. Uh, Tom Bostick manufactures clones of the HKG-36. He has a small company called Tommy Built Tactical. And his clone, which he calls the T-36, is top shelf stuff. Uh, uh, The uh, Grand Thumb has reviewed it. Coleon Noir, Larry Vickers, Brownells is selling them. Uh, this is a benchmark-setting gun, and it's about as popular as a $3,000 gun can get. Tom's been making the T-36 ever since 2018 when he got ATF approval to build them. He got a letter. Like, I mean, he's got a determination letter that says, this is legal, this is a legal firearm, you're good to go. Tommy announced uh, that the ATF has changed last week. This is, again, uh, February of 21, so two years ago. Tommy announced that the ATF had changed his mind. The Bureau informed Tom that it had decided that the T-36, the same T-36 it had approved for sale two years previously, is actually a machine gun and therefore illegal for normal people to possess. Not just illegal to start possessing or to keep possessing or keep selling, illegal retroactively. This week, every T-36 in the country got retroactively poofed into a machine gun. A few thousand people woke up with a 10-year felony sitting in their gun safe, and they didn't even know it. Okay, surprise felonies, uh, turn, you know, turn in your guns, all that kind of stuff. That's all we're talking about. But the first and most basic question, what's, what's the paperwork you get when the ATF decides to retroactively ban your product and felonize your entire customer database? So Tom actually described what went down that day. Let me read this to you, because... What the actual? Tom said, um, the ATF showed up in late August and said basically, hey, uh, it's a machine gun. We've deemed it a machine gun. And I said, what? When did this happen? And they're like, well, we just deemed it a machine gun. And I was like, okay, well, where's my paperwork? Well, we don't have any paperwork. What do you mean you don't have any paperwork? Is there like a report? There's a report, but uh, you can't have it. Wait a minute. You're telling me it's a machine gun and there's a report, but I can't have the report. You would have to go to court in order to get this report. You've got to give me something, fellas. You can't just come into my shop and tell me that it's a machine gun and I have no more information. How did you guys come up with this conclusion? Well, from what I understand, over in Firearms Branch, they were able to beat a full auto bolt carrier in to your receiver past the stops, and then they were able to modify a full auto lower and get the lower to go onto it, and then they were able to get it to shoot. So you, 
So you guys get a registered trigger pack, and then you beat the carrier in with a hammer, damaging the receiver and essentially using the carrier as a brooch, tearing the plastic up as it went through, and then you were able to get it to shoot? Did, um, did it even shoot? Did it jam? Because I would imagine when the carrier came back, it would get stuck, and it probably wouldn't fire again. This is the conversation he had with the ATF agent when the guy showed up and did not serve him paperwork, but just basically said, oh, by the way, I'm here to tell you that your stuff's illegal. This is as much information as Tom, ha Tom has. The official notice was not served on paper, but again, by a, a shop floor debate about a secret report with an unspecified method of allegedly hammering rare full auto parts into the T-36, destroying the gun in the process. I mean, this is, this is what's going on. And the ATF, uh, the ATF, by the way, news of this spread through social media like wildfire when it happened. But there was zero communication from the ATF about it. So if you owned a T-36 and happened to follow Tom on Instagram, you might know. You might get an email from him. You might, you know, whatever. But if you weren't in gun circles and you weren't paying attention to this, you would have no way of knowing. Tom notes the ATF already refused to tell him in writing whether or not the T-36, he, he, well, he, by the way, he made a tweaked design called the TG-36, and the ATF has already refused to tell him in writing whether or not the TG-36 is a machine gun. I mean, it wouldn't matter anyway because they could just change their mind down the road. For thousands of T-36 owners who won't happen to hear about this through social media, the ATF is doing no outreach about it at all. So if you're an owner, there's one of two possibilities that's going to happen. Nobody ever notices that you own a T-36. Or somebody does notice that you own a T-36, and the first time you hear about it is when the ATF agents come in and inform you that you're violating, eight, uh, you're violating 18 U.S.C. Code 922-0. And you're a felon. Have a nice day. This is what... This is the organization that is supposed to regulate everything uh, related to firearms in this country, and this is the kind of work that they're doing. <laughs> I mean, this is, this is what, I mean, have a nice day. This is insane. This is literally insane. They're going to come into a business, a guy who's built up a business, invested capital, gone through all the channels, got the property authority, has the determination letter that says his stuff is legal, and then come in and say, oh, by the way, you're not legal. And I was never here. I just, I'm just telling you verbally, I'm not going to give you any paperwork. There's nothing in writing. Just you're, you're screwed. Your whole lifetime investment is now gone, and you're screwed. Oh, and by the way, all your customers are screwed as well. This is government in action. I mean, if you are not just floored by that, you may need a checkup from the neck up. Even people who are pro-gun should look at that and go, well, that just doesn't seem fair or doesn't make any sense. I mean, we need things in writing for all this other stuff. We need all this stuff in writing legally for so many things, and yet the ATF's going to come in and tell me that i got to shut my whole livelihood down and everything else, and they're not going to give me anything in writing. Oh, if you want it in writing, you got to go to court to get it. What? Get off my lawn. Are you kidding me? I...
am just shocked. Well, I mean, not really, but I'm shocked that that's, yeah. This, this is, this is what's happening, folks. This is, uh, this is what uh, it's all about. And this is the kind of stuff that we're fighting for. So pay attention. Let everybody else know what's going on. Be part of it. All right. uh, We're getting ready to come up on the break. Uh, We got more coming up. Um, it's, It's Firearms Friday. Your chance to sound off on issues of a two-way nature right here on The Michael Duke Show. We'll be back with more right after this. Don't go anywhere. How do we read that, says Jennifer? Uh, let me uh, let me just do a little copy paste here, and you can uh, go read it to your heart's content. I mean, this thing is. I was reading this, at, and and by the way, open source defense over on Substack. You should be, um, you should you should go over there and subscribe to that and get their newsletter. Get their, well, you know, get start reading it. That is some great stuff right there. They do some between uh, OSD and hand waving freakoutery. I I I'm on Substack probably every day every other day. There's great stuff out there. Um anyway, so there's the link right there if you want to go check it out. Disarming America one day at a time. Yeah, well they're trying. Although we're winning in some ways, they're you know, they're we got to keep the pressure on. Right now, I'm just waiting for the. I'm just waiting for the. Um, um, I'm waiting for the uh, um, uh, decisions on all these executive orders because they've already. I mean, they've already said that you know that uh, that the the guy that the the president doesn't have the authority to be doing the things that, that Trump didn't have the authority and Biden didn't have the authority. I'm waiting for that to settle down and simmer into because then. It'll be back to Congress again, and the, the president won't be able to do that anymore. Uh, all right. Oh, look at all that sunlight out there. So nice. So nice. Uh, so you guys ready for the weekend? I got a long weekend, long weekend, gun show weekends, always a long weekend. It's going to be, going to be crazy. Um, let's see, let me go back and see if I missed any comments here. Um, I don't have any guns and it's none of your business anyway. Why do you own a car and what keeps you from killing somebody with it? More people die in auto accidents than any other form of trauma. Leading cause of death. Are you blind? Yeah, Brian says right. That's right. The Stasi Blues. We don't have to show you the paperwork. We don't have to tell you anything about that. We don't have to do anything about that. Uh, Jeannie's pretty clear. I don't have any guns. 
It's none of your business anyway. Um, let's see. Surely, oh, somebody made a comment. Surely, you want to uh, you want to own a gun? How about here's Shirley. Shirley apparently not happy with people owning guns. You want to own a gun for starters? How about yearly medical and mental checkups? How about a gun license and insurance? How about explaining the need? How about a home safe where guns are locked? And let's start from there. I have a God goon right as well. Uh, my your rights end where my rights begin, Shirley. First and foremost, uh, do you need to explain to the government why you'd like to be able to post on Facebook? No? Well, it's because it's your First Amendment right. Uh, how about a yearly medical and mental checkup before you get in your vehicle and decide to mow people down? Um, how about, uh, you know, how about, you know, all of those things? It's a it's an enshrined right. It is a, I mean, it is part of the Bill of Rights. You can't just arbitrarily say, well, I'm going to enforce it because I feel uncomfortable. That's not that's not how it works, Shirley. Um, you, you know, many people own guns. In fact, all the guns that I've ever owned have never harmed anybody. Why? Because that's not the person who I am. Um, you know, the problem that we're having out there is, you know, one, mental health crises, because we don't have enough mental health care uh, going on in this country, and two, criminals who've decided to break the law. You cannot regulate or legislate evil or insanity. That's how it works. You just, you just can't do it. You just cannot do it. Um, and unfortunately, that's what people are constantly trying to do. They're trying to regulate or legislate evil or insanity. And it just, it just doesn't work. Just doesn't work that way, unfortunately. Um, but, you know, that's, uh, that's, that's where we go here. Um, I see somebody tried to jump in on the phone lines there, but unfortunately, I got Willie who's going to be with us here in just a minute. So, in fact, I'm going to shut the phone lines off because... Uh, goodbye. Goodbye. Uh, we're not going to use them um, for the remainder of what we got going on here. All right. <clears throat> so, we're all ready. We're all ready, all ready. There we go. We'll do that right there. Okay. We're all ready. We're about to jump into it here. Willie Waffle's going to be joining us. Uh, please like and share, uh, like and follow. Shirley, you're welcome to stick around and have more conversations about this. And, of course, you're welcome to join us next Friday as well. I'd love to discuss it with you more in a calm, casual way. I really would. Um, I find it fascinating when I get a chance to talk to people who don't agree with me. All right, we got to go. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. Well, hey there, hi there, ho there. We made it all the way to the end of the broadcast. I don't know how we did that, but it's magic. It's magic. It is the fastest two hours in radio. We're getting ready to finish up, though. We're getting ready to finish the weekend or get started on the weekend. Finish the week. Ooh, man, I don't want to finish the weekend already. Willie Waffle from WaffleMovies.com comes on board to give us the full rundown of everything. Good morning, my friend. How are you? Good morning, and, you know, we're, we're celebrating freedom today, my friend. Freedom. Celebrating freedom. What? Why? Why are we celebrating? What's the freedom day today? What? What did I miss? Well, what you missed is late yesterday, 
It was announced that all criminal charges have been dropped against Alec Baldwin. Yes, Alec Baldwin breathes the air of a free man. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And yeah. All, the, all the charges of manslaughter for the incident that happened on his movie Rust ha- are gone. Uh, now, they also dropped charges against one of the other crew members. Not the armorer, though. So, I think we know where this is going. Oh, Lord. Well, yeah. I had heard something about, we mentioned it earlier in the show, and I knew you'd probably have some details on it, but, I mean, this, it just seems like, uh, wow, I guess they found their scapegoat and it wasn't Alec Baldwin, huh? Well, yeah, and, and you know, listen, I have always felt that he was going to get off free on this. On this, I mean, you know, I, I believe that when you when you look at the circumstances, when you look at the case, you know, it, it's not his responsibility to be checking that that gun that was used. It's a horrible tragedy, but there was somebody else who's in charge, the armorer, who's supposed right. to make sure that everything is safe on set for when they're ready to use the in the scenes or even to practice. Right. Right. And, you know, and that's not Alec Baldwin's role. His role is to have trust and faith in that person. Um, You know, it's, it's, it's a shame. I mean, obviously it's a horrible, horrible tragedy, but you know, I think when you start assessing blame, you can't assess it on Alec Baldwin for his actions. And, and I think it's a hard case to prove to say that, well, because he was a producer, he should have known more too. I, I just, I, I think this was, inevitable uh and, and we avoided a big courtroom spectacle although it would have been a spectacle more than gwyneth paltrow's case a few weeks ago right right this would have been like johnny depp amber heard kind of spectacle yeah i know uh, right? yeah um you know i guess the reason and i think what you're saying is probably correct and feels probably right i guess what you know i think what a lot of us in the gun community are feeling is here's a guy who basically you know uh criticizes poo-poos all the firearm community and everything else. Yet he's such a hypocrite because he's out there making his living, slinging guns and being, yep. you know, be, doing all that kind of stuff. I think a lot of us felt like this was like, like a bit of comeuppance in that way. And I guess that's kind of that's harsh because somebody died. I mean, that's a kind of a tough deal. But at the same time, you're kind of all like, "Ooh, I wish he would pay." But at the same time, you're kind of right. I mean, she was the, supposedly the expert on this whole deal, and uh, so. You know, technically, in a legal standpoint, she's the one that is responsible for that. I mean, I don't know. It, it, <clears throat> maybe he shuts his pie hole about guns. I don't know. Maybe he doesn't. Um, I mean, I, yeah, I think, right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. I think it would. Do you think it would be in poor taste if he comes out next year and says guns are evil, guns are bad, nobody should have guns, and then they go, but uh, you shot. So, you know, whether or not it was supposed to be loaded or not, you should. You know, I think. I think it does have that fringe benefit but we'll i guess we'll see it's alec baldwin i mean that guy you, you just well and that's what i was gonna say i mean you know, you're thinking like a normal rational right, person exactly not like a megalomaniacal narcissist yeah no. and that's the difference <laughs> yeah I guess. speaking of narcissists you got another one uh popping up here apparently charlie sheen is back in the good graces of uh of his uh two and a half men uh uh, uh producers or whatever he's he's there is they getting the band back together or something they're getting the band back together. Hell has frozen over, my friends. Yes, Chuck Lorre, the creator of Two and a Half Men and pretty much every successful situation comedy over the past like 20 years, has has announced that he has a new program that he's, he's working on. Uh, it's called How to Be a Bookie. It's about a, a man who's struggling as a bookie in L.A. because, you know, legal gambling is just on the horizon and people can do it on the Internet. And they're just not going to need him anymore. And it was announced that there will be a recurring role in the program 
Charlie Sheen. Right. Yes. Yeah. Now, see, I'm not a I'm not a two and a half men fan. Um, I've never seen an episode of it or anything, but even I saw all the coverage of the just the crazy, wild, outrageous behavior, oh, Tiger's blood, and all this other kind of stuff. Yeah, that Charlie Sheen was doing is like he was losing his mind. I guess he's lucky to have a second chance here. Oh, massively lucky to have a second chance. I mean, it, this was a scorched earth uh, situation, okay? Like, Charlie Sheen was pulling out every unprofessional action he could, every erratic behavior you can imagine, every outrageous statement you could imagine. I mean, he was just torching Lori left and right and just, you know, eventually got fired. And, and you know, I, I, I don't think he's ever admitted that he had any kind of an alcohol or drug problem at the time, but, you know, boy, it really felt like it. Sure. And I, I know he has... He has struggled in the past with that, right? Right. Uh, you know, but uh, yeah, for for him to now be be working with Chuck Lorre again, I mean, my my theory, what I'm hoping is going to happen, is that Charlie Sheen is going to play Charlie Sheen. That would be interesting. Because, yeah, that would yeah, be. be <laughs> yeah, you know, because hey, who else would be using a bookie in Los Angeles? Yeah. but Charlie Sheen. <laughs> oh, that'd, be, that'd be interesting. All right. Well, we'll see what happens. Uh, the new show, How to Be a Bookie, coming out sometime in the future yeah and it's gonna be on on max on max the new, the new hbo max the new hbo uh, uh shindig <laughs> yeah. um some sad news uh, i i guess it's a sad i don't even is it is yellowstone going to finish or not i guess that's the big question for us yellowstone fans who've been waiting for the the second part of season five now it looks like not only is the show look like it's going to end, they don't even know if part two of season five is ever going to come to what's going on. Yeah, this has been uh, you know a big story for the past couple of months. Uh, you know that there there was this rift between uh, uh, T- T- Taylor Sheridan uh, and uh, and Kevin Costner over uh, filming of the show, and uh, Costner uh, made said he just didn't have as much availability to finish the season, uh, and he gave them dates, and uh, that kind of upset some people who felt that maybe he wasn't taking this as seriously as he should. Um, and so we've seen, you know, part one of season five already. And, uh, the idea was part two would come out a little bit later. Right. Well, they, they haven't even filmed part two yet. <laughs> and, and, and this is a big problem. So here, here, here's where the, you have this confluence of events. So on the one hand, you have, uh, Kevin Costner who said, Hey, I gave, I gave the production team and Taylor Sheridan my dates that I'm available to film this thing. Right. And it's not my fault. They don't have scripts done and I'm off making my own movie. Now I lived up to my expectations. Taylor Sheridan doesn't have any scripts done and needs to start writing real fast. Oh, and guess what? We could be looking at a writer's strike in a couple of weeks, right. which would delay things even further. Right. Right. But was didn't Costner only offer like a week's worth of time for yeah. like five or six episodes where he's in like 65% of them or something. Yeah. Basically he's like, you know, you've got this week, you could, you can bring me in and we'll just do all my stuff in one week. I mean, like, like it's some animated film or something like he just, he just sit down in front of the mic and rip it off. I mean, come on, man. Uh, so yeah. And, and that, that's been kind of the, the problem. And now it's, it's at a point where Sheridan's like, you know what? I got, I got another show. You know, he's he's like, I got a couple of different shows. And matter of fact, you know, this whole drama has become now the idea that they are going to transition Yellowstone into the Matthew McConaughey show that Matthew McConaughey has been lined up 
uh, to do the next kind of Yellowstone show or maybe a continuation of Yellowstone in some way. And uh, everybody's very excited. And that, you know, maybe if, if we can't do part two in some way this year, you might see the Matthew McConaughey show first. Who knows? That's crazy. Knows? Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, they, they've got to finish it somehow, though. I mean, yeah. they, they can't just leave it hanging. I mean, I think they're going to come to some conclusion, even if it's just a two-hour movie special. Yeah, something's got to happen. And, and it looks like this is going to be bad enough that they're just going to end at season five. So since they haven't written it, I would hope they would give closure to the fans because it's a dynamite series. It is really a great series. So, um, And every other spinoff has been good as well. So I'm, I'm interested to see the new McConaughey spinoff. Um, all right. Well, I'm, I, I, I guess we'll just run this real quick because I, Netflix, okay. Netflix is finally over only. That's right. Yeah. It's finally done. Finished. They're finished. They're not going to do it anymore. Yeah. Deliver DVDs. You mean? That's right. Deliver <laughs> DVDs. Okay. When I saw this story, yeah. I think I was like 99% of the world that went, they still do that. Yeah. Yes. It turns out that Netflix has is has been sending dvds to a dwindling number of people for the last several years and they have finally announced that the last dvds will be shipped out september 29th and and it's it's for every reason you can imagine there's just not enough customers man. right, right. Uh, you know they, they don't even talk about the number of customers they have for this anymore the last time they actually gave uh, a number was in 2019 when they said they still had 2.1 million people holding on dearly to those red envelopes. <laughs> right. Well, you got to think there's some places that don't have high speed internet and yada, yada, True. yada. So, I mean, there's still a, there's still a base for it. It would be interesting to see if somebody else picks this up, but Netflix is done, but that's okay. I think it was probably three or four years ago since the last time I got a Netflix DVD and it was something that they just didn't have on their stream, but they had it on DVD. So that's why we did it. But Anyway, okay, um, let's move on to the movies because we got four, and I'd like to get to all of these because these all look pretty darn good. Uh, you, where do you want to start? Well, let's start. Well, let's go worst to first, and then we're going to start with worst. Oh dear God, it's ghosted on Apple TV Plus. Oh no! Oh no! Yeah, yeah, I know, and, and I wanted to like this. I mean, come on, it's got Ana de Armas right there. That's two waffles. And, and yeah, what it is is it turns out to be. This, oh, come on. I, you don't realize how heartbroken I am. Right. After seeing her on, on Saturday Night Live and she announced that she's she's becoming an American citizen, I realized that she doesn't need her green card anymore. Oh. Therefore, she doesn't need me. Yeah, dang and it. So, yeah. Willie's but, out uh, of the running. Yeah, I'm out of luck. And so, uh, you know, the, the story is Chris Evans is this farmer, lives outside of D.C. He meets up with Ana de Armas. Of course they meet cute. Of course they fight like cats and dogs. Of course they. <clears throat> and he falls madly in love with her. Sure. And uh, when she disappears and isn't returning his texts, well, he has a way to track her. So he accidentally left his inhaler with a like an air pod on it and uh or air tag on it and he finds out she's in london and he tracks her down and because he's chris evans he doesn't get slapped immediately <laughs> however it turns out she's a cia agent and now he's walked into the middle of her mission and she has to protect the dumb lug while she also tries to save the world i watched the i watched the trailers for this and it looked kind of funny it was fact i was just telling my wife about this yesterday um what uh g give me the bad news 
it's just not that it's just not that funny and it's not that romantic. I mean, you know, they, they use a lot of the action, I think, a little bit too overblown. I mean, they have a funny recurring bit where a lot of the bad guys they run into are superstar cameos, which is kind of funny. Uh, you know, and yes, it's funny to see the the whole, you know, heroine and here in and, and maiden maiden in distress kind of twisted around and he's the one who needs the protecting. That's okay. Right, right. But you know, I, I never felt the chemistry, I never felt that the romance was developed well enough. It just felt like it was there because well we have two pretty people and darn it we're gonna make it work uh, i'm going one and a half waffles Ooh, started off with two because of anna and now it went down to one that's not a good that's not a good thing all right mrs yeah. davis uh or no i'm sorry you're you're choosing worst to first go ahead okay well then you know i'm gonna go to the evil dead rise <laughs> yes in theaters mommy has become possessed and the kids are gonna have to figure out a way to survive you know, and it's it's actually pretty good. Now, here's the thing that gets me. I mean, you know, the, the director, Lee Cronin, he revealed, he said, I want blood to be a character in this movie. Wow. And he used 1,700 gallons of blood. And wow. that's the kind of movie you're getting into, people, okay? Okay. And, you know, yeah, the idea is they're they're in this rotten apartment building that's falling apart, but now demons have come through and they've taken over uh, the mother, and uh, you know now the kids are trying to figure out how are they going to survive, how are they going to escape. Uh, I like it. I think I think it's a it's kind of a cool twist. I think she's super creepy. Three waffles. Wow, three waffles. Rise. Okay. Yeah. Well, we're going to skip over Mrs. Davis uh, because we okay. can come back to it next week. Uh, we're running out of time. Ninety seconds. Guy Ritchie's The Covenant. I'll watch any Guy Ritchie movie. Also very, very good. Jake Gyllenhaal, uh, who, who has formed a bond with his, uh, with his translator in Afghanistan, and the government betrays the translator, doesn't get him out when they pull everybody out. He's now the target of, of, uh, you know, of, of the Taliban. And Jake Gyllenhaal says, I got to go back and save this guy. And, you know, that, that it's, it's, it's a good action film. It's a good taut thriller. And you really see how much these two guys become friends. And, and they're both such well-developed characters that you're rooting for both of them. You see that bond. You feel that bond. I'm going three waffles. Oh, that's good. Well. Because that's kind of a true story. I mean, there was a lot of translators who were yeah. promised a lot of things. And then they got dropped on their head by the U.S. government. And that... So this this sounds like that that'd be something I want to watch. It's Guy Ritchie anyway. Willie Waffle, WaffleMovies.com. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate you coming on board. We'll see you next week. Oh, we'll see you next week. Yeah, for something. <laughs> oh, how about, are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. Oh, all right, all right. Thank you, my friends. We appreciate it. We're out of time for today. We will see you tomorrow. Have a great day, a weekend. Come out and see me at the Carlson Center if you're in Fairbanks. We'll see you. I mean, come on, it's a Guy Ritchie movie. It it just really can't be bad. Um, you no, know, you know, and it's really wild because you know this is like the classy Guy Ritchie movie. It's the serious Guy Ritchie movie. It's the grown up Guy Ritchie movie. That's right. He's not doing that stuff like Snatched and Locked, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels. Although those were good movies. Yeah, you know, he's trying to show that he's uh, matured. Right, because those movies were kind of full of snark and and a lot of yeah. other stuff. Uh, he That's has fantastic. Yeah, no, <laughs> fa absolutely fantastic. He did Wrath of Man too, which was not snarky at all and just a good solid revenge action flick. Um, I mean, he's he's done some he's done some great stuff. I'd really like to see this, uh, and I'm looking forward to it. The surprise for me was Evil Dead because. 
you'd think normally like an Evil Dead movie. I mean, what is this Evil Dead twenty seven or something? But uh, you yeah, know, but it comes across. If it comes across good, I mean, I'm sure my wife is going to be interested. Oh, absolutely, and, and you know, I, I think it really just it gets off to a great start. I mean, kind of this emotional story, right? This family that, that, that they're truly struggling. I mean, they don't have a lot of money. They they do they live in a dump, and the dump is being condemned. And for them, where else are they going to go? And and you sense that you know how they're pulling together, and they they're trying to face this trouble together. And and they and they they truly truly understand they're in peril, and then they face a peril. Of a supernatural nature, right? They were just vicious. Yeah, they weren't ready. (laughs) You weren't ready for that, right? Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Well, okay. Well, buckets of blood. We'll uh, we'll see what uh, my wife says about that. You say three waffles. All right. Well, Willie Waffle, thank you, my friend. Appreciate it. We will talk to you next week. Okay. Talk to you then, folks. uh, I mean it. I'll see you on Monday. Have a great weekend. our terrestrial radio skin and now we are slimy lizard internet people it's the michael duke show